Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for the many, many blessings you pour upon us, and so many already this day, and now the blessed opportunity once again to get back into your word. Help us to learn from it, apply it properly, share it with others, draw closer to you, build our faith and trust in you and in your word. Thank you once again as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Fight the evil within us. We like to have this attitude that there's goodness in people, that people are good at nature or naturally good people, or we think of ourselves as good people or good-hearted or only good, and forget sometimes the evil side. Forget the darker side that is within all of us, that whether we admit it or not, it's there. And we forget about the the issues of the difference between the flesh and the spirit. And sometimes we kind of weigh over toward or lean over toward the flesh more than the spirit. Especially in situations where something bothers you and you immediately react to something. Sometimes we go right to the flesh. Sometimes we go right to the anger, right to the evil side that is within all of us. People like to say, well, I'm not evil. I don't do bad things. It's still there. It's still within us. Potential is there. Because the Lord tells us that over and over in His Word. He points that out to us. Paul points that out to us. Paul, now one of the greatest missionaries of all times, and in his missionary journeys, he was in Corinth at the time that he wrote the book of Romans, the letter to the Romans. He was in Corinth. And this would have been about halfway through his missionary life, you might say, his mission, because from the time that he was saved on the road to Damascus to the time that Nero had his head cut off, this letter that he writes to, to the Romans was written around 58 A.D. So he was already a mature Christian, already been in the mission field. This is on his second missionary journey that he writes this letter to the church at Rome. And he brings up the issues of the tug of war that is within all of us. As we see here in Romans chapter 7, he's teaching about the difference between the law of the flesh and the law of the spirit. The battle between the flesh and the spirit as well. We have the law, which is the word of God, which helps guide us and reassures us of what the will of the Lord is. And then we have the influence of the Holy Ghost on us doing that as well. But then on the opposite side of that, the other side, we have our own attitudes, our own desires, our own wishes, our own will. It's kind of sometimes contrary to what the Lord tells us. And Paul addresses that here, as I say, in Romans chapter 7, picking it up in verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. Like I say, he was things he preaches against, it tur- he turns out that sometimes he's doing the very things that he's preaching against. People got to realize that when a preacher gets up and starts preaching about various things and you might step on a few toes, he's stomping his own feet at the same time because he's just like everybody else. And that's what Paul's pointing out here. 
He's got that same struggle that everybody else has between the, what he knows he should be doing, what he's telling other people that they should be doing, and sometimes he doesn't do it himself, or things that he shouldn't be doing that he tells other people that they shouldn't be doing, but yet he finds it himself doing it also. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. The law is good. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Now this is Paul, the Apostle Paul, indwelt with the Holy Ghost, speaking of the sin that is still within him. After years of being in the mission field, after years of doing awesome, wondrous, godly works. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which, I, which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. That battle, when you want to do the good, but that the evil is still there trying to keep you from doing it. It's like the reference I've made before, some of those old cartoons we used to watch when we were kids, when the the kid would be fixing to do something or the character within the cartoon would be fixing to do something. There'd be an angel sitting on one shoulder and a devil sitting on the other shoulder and they both talking to him, saying, oh, do this, do that, do that. And he's got to make a decision. Who are you going to listen to? Are you going to listen to the angel or are you going to listen to the devil? For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind. And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin." We get that victory through Jesus Christ. We get that victory through trusting in the Lord. We need to pray about such an event, that battle that is within us. We need to pray that we be not led into that temptation, just like the model prayer that He gives us. We can go back and learn so much from that model prayer, what they know as the Lord's Prayer over in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That verse 13 is the one we're focusing on here, is to deliver us from evil. Most of the time you would think about that, it would just be the evil of the world. Deliver us from the evil people of the world. But this is really talking about the evil potential that is within us because of what he just said previously to that in this prayer. Lead us not into temptation. See, it's a temptation to do evil, just like Paul was talking about there. That temptation, that urge to do it that is right there within all of us, whether we want to admit it or not, it's there. Which is, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
that evil that we can find ourselves getting into when those temptations come our way. It's so easy to step over into the dark side, especially when somebody does something against you personally or right there in your face and does something. And so instantly we are so eager to just strike out, whether it be physically strike out or verbally strike out, in anger in that evil that is within us. Rises to the surface, your blood pressure goes up, your face starts to flush, and you're ready to just get somebody back. Payback. It's all about the payback. That's that evil temptation that is within all of us. Sad that it's still there, but that's what we're dealing with. We're in this corrupt body still. Until we receive the glorified body, we'll still have that battle. We've got to recognize that we have that battle. We've got to acknowledge that we have that battle because the Lord has dealt with this all the way back to creation and He definitely dealt with it in a worldwide scene when He condemned this world to the flood. In Genesis chapter 6, this is why He did it. In chapter 6 verse 5, "...and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth." And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That's why he judged the whole planet. That's why he flooded the whole planet. Killed every man, woman, and child on the planet except those eight that came upon that ship. It was because that evil that was within them had gotten so prevalent, had been manifest so greatly that the Lord got intolerant of it. said, that's it, I ain't going to put up with it no more. I'm going to just kill all of you and start over with this group of eight. So he did that. Thankfully, we are now under the time of grace. We are now under a time of grace that the Lord is patiently awaiting more to come in and trust Him before it's everlasting too late, before the next judgment comes upon this planet. Patiently awaiting. And this grace period is a result of the finished work of Jesus Christ providing us a pathway to forgiveness. And we've got to recognize that we have all sinned, as it says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. When we realize what we're starting out as, when we realize we're starting out as those evil people that he spoke of back there in Genesis chapter 5, that we need to be cleansed, that we need salvation, that we need to be indwelt with the Holy Ghost, we need to be indwelt with the love of Jesus Christ because ourselves is deep within, whether we admit it or not, that evil is still there. But when we have so much of the love of Jesus Christ overflowing in us, out into those around us, then we can yield to that and suppress the flesh, fight off the flesh, as Paul says, mortify, separate from, kill off the flesh side of it, that whole evil side, by praying constantly. In that constant prayer, that constant communication with the Lord, it helps you stay focused on the righteous instead of the unrighteous that has that potential to rise again in all of us. In 1 John chapter 1, in verse 9, it's where we need to go to all the time and we need to go to repeatedly, and that is if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now once we have received this cleansing, We are pure, we are clean, we are indwelt with the Holy Ghost, but that doesn't mean we're going to stay that way. We sometimes lose the battle, we sometimes stumble, we sometimes go back to the dark side. It doesn't mean you're lost, it means that you're human, just like Paul was talking about. He's doing things that he knows he shouldn't be doing, but you've got to go back and ask forgiveness for it. As we continue in 1 John 
the small epistle there in chapter 2, my little children. He's calling the Christians little children because they need to mature. They need to continue to grow. We, know, we need to always realize that we come in to the Lord when we get saved. We're just babes in Christ being fed the milk. We need to apply that properly. And as we grow, He gives us more and more. And more and more comes upon us. More and more challenges will even come upon us because Satan sees that we're growing and he'll put something else in our way, something else to stumble us up, something else to make us rise to the evil side. But my little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. We have all the records here in the Word of God, the results of, excuse me, the records of all the actions of the apostles and the other people that are recorded here that give us the examples, give us the things that we can learn from when we see their experiences and how they overcome the temptation of evil. We need to look at it. We need to read it. And then it gives us that confidence in knowing that even if we do stumble, we're still part of the family. He can forgive us. He can bring us back into the graces. Because my little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin... It means if you do, go ahead and stumble. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. That's why He hasn't destroyed all of us. That's why He hasn't just wiped out everything. It's because we have an advocate. We have the finished work of Jesus Christ to lean on. We have Him, our representative, our lawyer, you might say, our spokesman, sitting right there on the right hand of the Father, saying that is one of our children Forgive them, have mercy upon them, give them a chance. Pleading our case, constantly pleading our case. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And He is the propitiation for our sins. He paid the price for all of our sins, past, present, and future, the sins that we'll commit today and tomorrow. He's already paid the price. We need to acknowledge that, refer to that, and say, Lord, thank You for paying for that price for us. And please forgive me and keep me on the straight and narrow. Reads, And He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. He that saith, I know Him, and keepeth not His commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth His word, in him verily is the law of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in Him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. Our model needs to be Jesus Christ, the one that we look up to, the idol in the days of these these people that have these idols they lift up, whether it be politicians or whether they be musicians or actors or sports people, whatever it might be. People lift other people up as idols and want to emulate their lives or even other people. Some people idolize preachers or pastors or priests or whatever. Want to be like them. The only one we should lift up and model ourselves after is Jesus Christ. Walk the way He walked. Nobody else in the Word of God even other than Jesus Christ. We don't want to model our lives after Peter or after John or after Paul or none of them because they failed. They did things they shouldn't have done. They, they stumbled just like we all stumble. We recognize that. And don't get too upset about it. When we do, just know, get to the Lord as quick as you can. But don't let the devil in turn beat you down with that from there on. When you stumble, then the devil says, oh, you're not a Christian, otherwise you wouldn't have done that. Well, you can go right back and say, well, I failed, but 
I'm turning to the Lord and asking forgiveness. I'll do better from here on. Then you can grow from that. And then you can use that experience to help others that may be stumbling in the same way that you're stumbling. That's all part of the process of growth. You mess up, you learn from it, you go on. Just like in business. You, you make a business transaction or you do an investment and it fails, then you know, okay, I learned from that. Don't get involved in that business no more. And you go to another one. You invest in that or you, you do this particular task or that and you see some benefit from it, some profit from it. So, hey, that works. I'm going to go there. Same thing in our Christian walk. We learn from it. We grow from it. And we can share those experiences with others so they can also learn and grow from your experiences, not just their own. That's why we have so many things recorded. That's why Paul was telling us about his battle with the flesh. Because we could learn from that as well. Even somebody as great as Paul was having that tug of war going on. And when we have that tug of war going on, we can understand, yes, that's the nature of sin. It is within all of us. But pray that the Lord suppress that in us. Pray that He gives you the strength to overcome those evil temptations. In that model prayer there, to deliver us from that and to protect us from that. And know that we are born-again Christians. We are family of God. We are children of God. So we, as he said there in verse 9 of chapter 1, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's all we need to do. Ask for the cleansing. He cleanses us from it. Learn from it. And then continue and stay in the graces of the Lord from that. And don't mess up again. And over in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 57, But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's where our victory comes from. Not from ourselves, it comes from Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We know what we're up against. We know we're up against the wiles of the devil. We know we have that armor of God that we can put upon us. We need to abide by the teachings that we find from the Holy Ghost and from the Word of God. And we need to do exactly what He tells us to do. And then we can stay on the straight and narrow. In Galatians chapter 5, in verse 16, it reads, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That sounds pretty simple, but it is difficult. Paul, the one who wrote this letter, already talking about how it's been challenging for him to do, but he's telling us what we need to do. That needs to be our goal is to focus on the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, listening to the Holy Ghost. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things which ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Now he gets into some of those issues that is within everybody. Some of that evil potential, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, 
Variance, immolations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, rivalings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. See, when we're leaning on the spiritual side, these things come forward. Instead of these other things, these envyings and these murders and the drunkenness and the witchcraft and the immolations, the hatred and strife and all that that we have the potential to get into. Don't be doing such things. For those that dwell in such things are not born-again Christians. They are not of God. They are going to go to hell. Simple as that. It's as it says, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. Therefore, we shouldn't be participating with such people and doing such things with such people. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. So there we have it, that tug of war, that battle within us, that challenge that we have. We need to overcome that. We need to be converted. We need to be transformed into new creature in Christ. We need to, as he says over in Romans in chapter 12, reads, I beseech you therefore, brethren, be by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. If we come to Him and say, Lord, here I am, I'll hook a clay in your hands, mold me in whatever you would have me to be, keep our focus on His will, not our will, ask for the, the power to overcome those temptations, to deliver us from that evil that is potentially rise up within us. In verse 2, And be not conformed to this world. This world would have you to dive into your evil ways and just love it. They try to tell our children, Oh, you're born that way. You just go ahead and stay that way. Well, we know. The Lord tells us that we're born that way. We're born evil. We're born filled with sin. We're not supposed to stay that way. We're supposed to be converted. We're supposed to be transformed. Not to the people of this world, but to the children of God. Be changed. Totally altered from what you were before you become saved. Be not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We need to seek that perfect will of God. We need to yield to that perfect will of God. When we truly come to Him, when we truly submit to Him, that's the big challenge that people have is submission. They want to be their own boss. They want to be accountable to themselves only. They don't want to be accountable to anyone else. Everyone has that potential in them to just say, well, I'm going to do things the way I want to do them. I don't care what you say. And that's the attitude. You can tell that in little children. They start out with that. They display that a lot. And we need to teach them not to do that. Just as we come into the the graces of God come into the family of God as little children. We need to grow 
And no, we go by His will, not our will. Know that we have that tug of war that's in there. Matthew 26, verse 41, Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation, just like He gave us in the model prayer, that you don't go into those temptations. The Spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Acknowledging that, knowing that, we got that weaknesses within us. When you know that you have a particular area of weakness, then you can address that. You can apply the right behavior to overcome or avoid those areas of weakness. Just like if you've had an ailment or you've had an affliction or a problem, you have a particular weak limb or a weak arm or a weak hand, you don't put the worst load or the heaviest load upon a weak arm or a weak hand. You put it on the strong one. Same thing in our behavior. We see our weaknesses. We need to overcome those weaknesses by applying things to the strong. If we lean on the power of Jesus Christ, by His power, His might, we can overcome the tug of war of the flesh against the Spirit. In Isaiah 41, verse 10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. When we realize that, then we can submit to the Lord, get ourselves out of the way, let Him come forward, let Him be displayed all the time, and He can help us overcome that battle of that tug of war that Paul talks about there. And when we do the things that He tells us and teaches us over and over, just as he says in Philippians chapter 4, place we go so often because it's so awesome advice. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. It's like sometimes it's hard to rejoice. Somebody gets up in your face and makes you so mad that you just want to strike back at them. That's when you've got to say, Praise the Lord. Give me the strength. And you back off and you get away from that. Think on things that are positive. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. You know what an awesome testimony that would be when somebody gets up in your face and does something that they're expecting you to react in such a negative way and you respond to them in a positive way? Like, there's something different about this fellow. There's something different. He should have smacked me and he didn't. He should have said something and he didn't. And then they wonder, well, what's the difference? And they want to be like that. Just open the perfect opportunity to witness to that person, to help that person become a, a family member of God instead of an enemy. Verse 6, be careful for nothing. It means overly concerned. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus that's what we can really take comfort in when we truly stay on the spiritual side, truly pray, truly have that charity that we studied about in Sunday school, that deep, sincere concern for someone else's well-being. Then we won't want to hurt them. We won't want to do the paybacks. We want to help them. We want to pray for them. We want to help them come to see the Lord as their Savior as well. 
And notice it's always by Jesus Christ, by His power, His might, His righteousness, through His strength. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. When you have your mind on the things of God, when you have your mind on the things of righteousness, when you have your mind on the things of goodness, it's difficult for that flesh side to win. It gets pushed back. It gets pushed away. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. The God of peace coming into you, with you, giving us that peace that passeth all understanding. When we think about the good things, even in those moments of aggravation, like I was teaching one of the kids on the, the bus that I was bringing to the church, he was having an argument with somebody else and he was just all flustered and, and so forth. I had to calm him down and tell him, I said, when this happens to you, just think about something or some place that is really joyful to you. I said, have you ever been on vacation in a beautiful place? I said, think about that. You ever had some really fun doing something? Think about that. In that moment when you want to rise up and strike somebody, think about those good things. So if we all do that, we can stay on the right side. We can stay winning that tug of war against the flesh and the spirit. And we can suppress that evil that is within us. As he says there again in Matthew chapter 6, Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank you for the many things you give us and the awesome record that you have in your word that we can learn from the experiences of others, the experience of Paul there with that tug of war. We can learn also that we are dealing with the tug of war Help us to win that tug of war. Help us to always stay on the spiritual side, to suppress that carnal flesh side, that evil that is potentially within all of us. Help us to suppress that by your power, your might, your strength. Please wrap your loving arms around all of us and guide us and help us all stay in your will that we can always bring honor and glory to you, not shame and disgrace. We thank you oh so much for all the blessings as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you.